Welcome to Prop Chat. We are here to talk about property, the ups, the downs, and how you can get started in property investing. And now, here's your host, Dave McGlashan. Hello and welcome back to Prop Chat. First and foremost, apologies for the brief hiatus we took over there. We, we got a little busy, um, but what we're doing is getting straight back into podcasting by giving you some of our recorded content, some of our live webinars that we've been doing. Um, so there's a nice big backlog for you guys to work through. I uh, really hope you enjoy it. If you want to catch these live, it happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 o'clock on our Facebook page. You're welcome to join us. Otherwise, the recordings will always come up over here on the podcast, so you're welcome to catch up here. Everyone, it's Andrew Walker here, the CEO of the SA Property Investors Network, and we are coming to you live on Facebook with another update with regards to how is COVID-19 affecting South Africans like you and me. Now, before we get going, because I do have Christian Janssen from F360, and I do have Robin Booth, who was Investor of the Euro winner in 2018, and he is a property investor. And I will be asking them to introduce themselves in a minute. But before we begin, I want to know more from you. Where are you in the country? Are you, I'm here in Edinburgh, Johannesburg. Are you Joburg, Cape Town, Durban? Let us know where you are in the country. Today's topic is all about the banks. So who do you bank with? Are you with EPSA Bank? Are you with NetBank? Are you with FNB? Are you with EPSA? Let us know now. And here's the other thing. Ladies and gents, I want you to share this with your friends. If you know of anyone that has got a home loan, they've got a bond, or they may have a personal loan or a credit card with one of the major banks. Please share this post now. Let them know because we're going to be discussing, as you've probably already seen, there have been some updates from, from the four major banks. And we're going to be discussing payment holidays. What does that mean for you? Um, how's it going to affect you? What about all the other banks? Um, and we will have some of the answers today, but this is all brand new to everyone. Now, the great thing is, ladies and gents, some of you already know that last week we had Michelle Dickens from TPN, Silna Stain, Real Nordea. If you all just go to this webpage, this is where you are going to get all the updates. We are collecting and collating all the correct information with, with regards to how is COVID-19 affecting you. Just quickly go to this webpage, www.joinsappen.com forward slash COVID-19. I'll get my team to post that on Facebook for you now. Register, it's for free, and we are recording all these live stream webinars, there's documents, there's even a section on there, ladies and gents, uh, that's showing you fake news versus real news. I'm sure you've already seen that there's a lot of fake news going about, and you don't know. It was myself, Andrew, we've all been waiting um, for the updates from the banks, and we do have some updates. So very quickly, share this with your friends and your family. Let us know, where do you live? Who do you bank with? And I want to know, are you a tenant? Are you busy renting from a landlord? Or are you an investor trying to build a property portfolio? Post that on Facebook right now. Engage with us. We are here to support you, and we are here to give you relevant updates. And just so you know, if you are new to this live update, we will be giving updates every single week. Um, in fact, we've got three updates this week. So let me bring my guests into this now. I've got two very special guests. Two gentlemen that I know very well. The first one is Christian Janssen, and I'll ask him to introduce himself, and then, then I'll get Robin to introduce himself. And then, Christian, the first question is for you. So, in fact, it makes sense then. Let me start with Robin. Robin, can you please introduce yourself? Great. Thanks, Andrew. So, I'm a businessman, both local and international. I invest both locally and internationally, and I coach in business, both 
internationally and locally here in South Africa. And really the whole drive of everything that I'm doing is to really bring the best out of the investors or the business people and to show them that they're the most valuable assets. So everything we're doing now with you, how we handle this crisis is absolutely important, not only for myself, I'm a landlord and a tenant and an employer. So everything impacts me. And we've got to find the ways to really overcome this and work through this. So that we're on this platform is fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Robin. So, Christian Janssen, I want to know who you are, your experience, um, and who do you represent today? Yes, so my name is Christian Janssen. I'm a financing specialist with At360 Finance. We are a boutique uh, financing intermediary looking at all types of financing applications for uh, commercial customers as well as individual customers when it comes to vehicle finance or home loans. Uh, so basically anything except for a personal loan, you can come and speak to me to help you to facilitate the process. I'm also a property investor myself and severely affected by what's happening now. So it's good to be here. And thanks so much for the opportunity, Andrew. It's a pleasure, Chris John. So just so you all know, I've already got some questions that we've printed from Facebook. I've also got my phone over here where I'm getting live questions. So please, if you're on Facebook Live right now, remember to share it. And please post us any questions you have. Two things will happen. We will answer some of your live questions today. And if we don't get to it, we will then open up a forum later on on the SA Property Investors Group uh, Facebook page where you can continue to ask questions and we will answer. We will do our best to get to all the questions. So my team will be sending me live questions from Facebook on my phone. But Christian, I do have, I do have quite a few questions here. Um, I think the very first thing is um, the four major banks, right? Uh, but there's also other banks like your your mercantiles and those banks. We'll come to them a little bit later. Can you maybe just share with us uh, what updates have come out from the four major banks? Yeah, so each of the, the banks also acknowledge the fact that this is extraordinary circumstances. We uh, are dealing with something that's completely uncharted territories. So they they all came out with support and with different levels of payment relief that they would offer from their own side. So a couple of things that stand out with it is that there is a distinguish, uh, be distinguishing between your personal accounts and your business accounts, uh, primarily from Standard Bank's side, they made that pertinently clear. We, on uh, in personal capacity, they're primarily looking at individuals earning less than seven and a half thousand rand a month. They have however also acknowledged that if you are running in trouble, speak to them. And that's the invite that we receive from each of the different banks. If something is about to go wrong, if something is going wrong, please speak to us. We are there to help because in the end, if we all collapse, everything collapses. Absolutely. So let's just talk about, um, so I saw something Christian about Absa Bank. I mean, sorry, Standard Bank said that they will give relief to people earning less than seven and a half thousand rand a month. Maybe elaborate on that for me. Yeah, so it all comes down to uh, uh, personal banking customers. So from Standard Bank's side, they will look at individuals earning less than 7,500 yeah. rand to already implement some form of uh, debt relief, be it a payment holiday or a reduced installment. And uh, they're the only bank that pertinently put that as a qualifying criteria down, although they have since said that they will look at uh, higher earners, provided that you can motivate and explain why this would oh. be relevant to you. Uh, with the other banks, uh, most of them came out with a bit of the same. NetBank specifically said cases would be assessed on an individual basis. Uh, one thing that they did make pertinently clear was that if you've got fixed investments with them, 
they will cap the penalty for early withdrawal on 200,000 Rand. So if you are in need of cash, uh, that was specified there. We don't have any clarity from the other banks about that as yet. Uh, FNB said that they will, uh, for all of the payment arrangements, uh, add a beneficial interest rate to those specific payments that, in essence, what it comes down to, have to be caught up again. So it's not about re-extending your bond term or anything in that line. It's literally a case of you've missed an installment of one and a half grand. We are going to have you repay that once thing, the dust has settled at a beneficial interest rates on account of the fact that this really sure. isn't your fault. So, so for example, Christian, so let's just say someone's bond is 10,000 Rand. I'm going to use hypothetical numbers here, right? 10,000 Rand, they do get a payment holiday for three months. What you're saying is that we won't necessarily extending the term but instead of paying 10,000 it may be 10,200 or 10,400 a month and that extra payment is going to pay off those three months where they did get relief is that what Correct. you're saying uh, that to an extent we, we don't have final clarity as yet uh, fnb as an example is going live from tomorrow as is the case yeah. with most of the banks so we will have to wait and see and physically see what type of uh, arrangements they will uh, secure so the most important note of it is to talk to your bank. I haven't yeah. mentioned APSA as yet. Uh, they, uh, at this point in time, to me, seem to be a little bit more progressive in terms of their approach. You don't yeah. have to apply right away. If something goes wrong in the near future, you can go to them. So it seems as if they're the only ones without a set term. We've oh. Statabank, FMB, and NetBank all mentioned this repayment relief is uh, only applicable from the 1st of April until the 30th of June. And that's a good point, Krishna, because one of my questions was exactly that, where it says, we feel that we might get through month one. And Robin, I'm going to come to you in a second. We might get through month one, but what if lockdown takes another second or third month? We have reserves for a month, but not necessarily for second month. So the question was, even though we don't have to take it right now, should we still take it in case what might happen? Um, and I had a conversation with Robin Booth about this earlier. So, Robin, what's your opinion on that? So, what, what I like about what we're talking about, Andrew, is that we're drawing the distinction between the things that we don't have control over and the things that we do have control over. And there are many things that we don't have control over at the moment. And we're going to discuss the Moody downgrade. We're going to, you know, we're discussing our COVID. We don't know. Is this 21 yeah. day going to be extended? Uh, you know, my, my stance is defensive in saying, this is the actual time where we need to take stock of the worst case scenario, the most likely scenario, and the best case scenario, and plan for all of those. And to make sure that whatever is happening now, we are going to have foresight into our 21-day plan, our three-month plan, six-month plan, and actually, more importantly, the coming out of corona plan. Because you know, people think yeah. that's this time period. It's actually not. It's going to be months, if not years, after that we're all deal with this. We're all going to have to find suppliers that have changed their strategies, that you know, everyone's going to be re-looking and rethinking. And it is actually our job now to have that self-discipline, to actually be in control of our expenditure, of our strategy, of our relationships, all those things that we're actually talking about, which you know we will discuss in detail at a later stage. Sure. So, Robert, in your opinion then, do you think people should, do you think all people should apply for this relief? So that's a really good question. And we were discussing <laughs> some bankers. And, you know, from my side, you know, there is a great comment or saying, which is you know, experts expect the unexpected. And I think professional property investors, we've learned sometimes 
hard in hard ways that we need to plan for the unexpected and carry cash reserves. Now I'm sitting with, well, I can carry myself, but I don't know what's coming in the future. And that's what's really different about the situation at the moment. So should we take it? Should we not? You know, this conversation coming up that if I take the payment holiday, is that going to impact my credit? You know, we were chatting about that later and maybe we're going to have a that now. And that we need clarity on. But for me, my primary stand is I want to make sure that I have cash flow to carry firstly the safety of myself, my family, and of course, then my portfolio, and then to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to come down the road. And all of that means now we are taking action, being really present to what's going on and not just, you know, falling back and saying, well, the banks. Exactly. And I think a good point on that, Robert and Christian, is that People will default and then ask the bank for help. Like Robin said, let's look at our own personal finances. Make sure that you know what your direct debits are going to be. Make sure that you take control of your cash flow. Be proactive rather than reactive. So if you think you are going to default, call the bank now and make that plan. Call your personal banker. This is new to the banks as well. We can't blame anyone. Uh, this is no one's fault. This is what it is. If you're in trouble or think you're going to get into trouble, call your bank and get the answers. Now, um, Christian, a question just came in uh, with regards to, there are two questions. How do I actually apply for this? Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I call? So each of the banks have their own approach in terms of how uh, they want to be contacted. But typically, you can't go wrong by making contact with your uh, personal banker that you have, if you have one. Uh, the other alternative, I know F&B on the banking app, uh, I've seen they already opened up a COVID uh, link. So on the home screen of your banking app, you can access it there. Uh, but all of the different banks also have their channels. So what I think we should do is on that uh, SAP and COVID page, just yes. add all of those contact details after the meeting, uh, rather than me rambling through all of it. No, absolutely. So just for the new people that have just joined Facebook, uh, what Christian's talking about is at the SF Property Investors Network, every week we're going live with new guests with regards to how COVID-19 is affecting us as property investors and citizens of South Africa. And we are giving free updates. We are recording all these webinars and we, all put, we are putting the relevant contact details. If you just go to joinsappen.com, forward slash COVID-19, very quick to register, and it's free for you as well. Um, Christian, another question came in about, um, and you may or may not know this answer, it's got to do with if I do take a three-month a three month payment holiday. So say, for example, our bank was kind of bank, and I said, or apps or whatever it might be, and I said, yes, actually, I would like to take advantage of the, or the relief of not having to pay a home loan or not having to pay a credit card or just pay the minimum amount. Is there any effect to your credit profile? That's still open for discussion. I think it's also something that the banks are busy figuring out as they go along. Uh, but in essence, if you make an arrangement, say you pay a reduced installment, it means that you are still honoring the obligation that you've undertaken to honor with the bank. So in my opinion, that would mean that you're, you're technically not defaulting. It may show as a deferred payment. It may show as something coming in a little bit later than anticipated. But on the bigger picture, we've got more important things to worry about right now, don't we? So I'd <laughs> yeah. say first and foremost, just look at making the arrangements and we'll figure it out as we go along. I, I don't believe that uh, we would be adversely affected. 
quite frankly, if that is the case, it, it would be quite unfair on account of the fact that we, we're not really to blame for what's happening here. It's a worldwide uh, pandemic. But if you're going to keep quiet and just watch those payments bounce, then I can assure you the bank is going to treat you as a defaulting customer. And then all processes will follow. Absolutely. Um, Chris, John, a, a question from Lisa on YouTube. Um, so we've spoken about briefly about NetBank, uh, FNB, uh, Standard Bank, and APSA. What about banks like Investec and SA Home Loan? Have you heard anything from them at all? SA Home Loans, I haven't heard anything from them as yet. Uh, personally, I don't have too much interaction with them on account of our firm as a originating company not submitting uh, to them. Uh, they prefer the direct channels. Uh, but we can also reach out to a couple of the um, SA Home Loans consultants that we have in the network and have them add a little bit of more clarity on it. I'm sure the same process will follow because in yeah. the end, it comes down to I'm not able to pay this. This is why. Please help. And in Absolutely. the end, if you look at any of the banks, specifically on property, they're not in the business of property. They don't want to take property. In most instances, they will have to sell that property in a sale and execution. So what that comes down to is you will lose and the bank will lose, especially in a market where there's not a lot of transactions going on. So you can take the assumption that all of the banks are out to help, to help weather the storm because it's in everybody's best interest. Absolutely. I mean, Christian, as we all know that, the banks from the Absa Bank, Standard Bank, uh, FNB and Nedbank, they're all fairly new. And like we said, this is also new to the banks. And as South African citizens, we have to understand that. So Lisa, I'm talking to you now. Um, I haven't heard from SA Home Loans or Investing, but we will make a point of reaching out to all the other banks and what are they doing. So this is our first live update from a, from a bank's perspective. We will be coming to you either on Friday or next week with another update with regards to um, what are all the banks doing, because this is the this will be the first week of April. This is where we where we probably will start seeing some defaulting tenants and defaulting landlords. So we will definitely come to you with an, with another update. So just make sure you stay up to date with our COVID-19 page. Um, what I want to get into now, Robin and Christian, I'm going to come to you, Robin, is I want to talk about the Moody's downgrade. I mean, if you think about it, go back to before lockdown, before Corona. Um, it was a buyer's market already for us here in Johannesburg. You know, then we got hit with the lockdown with, with COVID-19, and then we got hit with Moody's downgrade. Uh, you know, can it get any worse? Um, I, I'm not <laughs> going to share an opinion if it can get worse, again, because a lot of that is going to be out of our control. But I think there's a major difference between Corona and the Moody's downgrade is, one, sure. we foresaw that the Moody's downgrade was going to happen at some point, right? It's been factored into a whole lot of you know, different scenarios. Uh, we've seen recently the, you know, the, the dropping of the interest rates, and we expect that with the downgrade, it could go up again. So again, I'm going to come back to say that as professional property investors, you know, we're taking into account all variables. <clears throat> Down interest rates coming up, more loans that need to be repaid, tenants defaulting, all of those scenarios we need to take into account as possible scenarios and actually start factoring that in. Absolutely. Eh? Now, Robin, interest rates, talk about interest rates. This, I guess it's your opinion, right? Um, and then I'll come to Chris John. So we've seen interest rates drop already. Um, yep. And I believe they'll probably drop again slightly. But surely now with with uh, being downgraded by Moody's, the cost of borrowing is going to go up. So um, do you think interest rates will go back up then? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, planning for that. And most of us should be planning for at least, you know, five, 
5% on either side as possible in all of our calculations, you know, especially when we're starting to look at buying new properties or refinancing or lending. We ourselves want to know that we can carry ourselves over what we call the worst case scenarios, right? As opposed to we just break even on our existing interest rates. That's reckless borrowing and reckless investing, in my opinion. You know, we want to make sure that we're covering ourselves for the unexpected so that we can actually handle that and make sure that regardless of what happens outside there, we can actually take control. You know, one of the primary principles of what I love real estate investing is we can actually determine and take decisions and action which directly impacts our properties. And that's the planning of what do I want to buy and how am I going to mitigate the risk? And I think, you know, this, this whether it goes up or down the interest rates, that should already be factored into whatever phase we're in in our investing cycles. Absolutely, because we can't predict what's going to happen, right, Robinson? Correct. We've always got to work on worst-case scenario. And no one predicted that corona was going to happen like this. Yes, I remember having a conversation, actually, going back to the end of January, talking about the Moody's downgrade. And the individual giving that talk spoke about, like you said, it's already been factored in. When Moody's does downgrade us, we're expecting it to happen, just not this timing at the same time. Um, and, you know, if, if I go back to 2007 and 2008, when I was personally investing in, in the UK, in the north of England, um, and the recession hit us, you know, at that stage, um, the banks then were giving, I remember Northern Rock specifically, uh, Richard Branson owned Northern Rock, um, used to give 110% mortgages. Um, people were overgearing. Then all of a sudden, the recession happened. People went bankrupt, they went under. All the banks that were giving 90 to 100% loan to values automatically dropped to 75, 80. And even now today, if you go invest in the UK and you, and you get a buy to that mortgage, whether you're a resident or, or, or a foreigner, you probably won't get more than 80, 80%, 75, 70 to 75 is that is that level. Now, that's what happened back in 2007 and 2008 in the UK, where the banks got a lot more stricter with how they lent money. They looked at loan to values. They dropped that because if at least and if if they do lend against a, an asset, say 100,000 pounds, and they lend 75%, there's 25% equity. So if for whatever reason there's an oversupply of property and property prices do drop, the banks know when they repossess, they can still get that loan back. Now, I'm starting to see and I'm wondering if we're going to see a similar thing here in South Africa. So, Christian, from your, from your I guess, opinion or expert advice here, um, do you think the banks will still be giving us 100% bonds or do you think they might be a bit more conservative? It'll be exceptional cases to see 100% mortgage because, quite frankly, with it being uncertain times, they have to also be cognizant of how they report on their lending. So... Immediately, when you look at any property transaction, when you apply for a mortgage, you are offering those. If you default and unfortunately they have to take a bit of a cynical approach and say, yes, you will more than likely default, so we need to cover our basis accordingly, they will want to be able to recoup their funds out of the sale of that property. So if we're in a depressed market, as we are currently, I mean, we see most of the property investors with whom we deal are purchasing properties for between 10 and 20% under market value, if not more, finding those right deals as you also guide a lot of your students to do. The, the big approach is from the bank side that puts you at a bit of a lower risk because you're already buying a discounted property. So technically you could look at a 100% bond at that point in time, even though they look at their loan to value guidelines on the lowest of purchase price or valuation. But if the overall market is declining, then it does put the bank at risk. 
because now in exceptional cases, as they do now give uh, costs to first time home buyers, you'll find that a lot of those guys will end up if something goes wrong with a loan of more than what the property is worth already as they purchased it. Now, if the price declines even further, there's an even bigger gap and that leads yeah. to people when repossession takes place, having to sign an acknowledgement of debt and paying off that balance of what the bank was able to recoup. So it can leave you in quite severe dire straits. Absolutely. Um, Robin, I'll be coming to you in a minute and I'm going to be asking Robin about tenants and dropping prices just to attract tenants. But before I get there, Robin, um, a question has just come in, um, Christian. So from, uh, well, can we get clarity on this preferred interest rate that the banks are talking about? Maybe just in your opinion, opinion what, do, what are the banks talking about when they said they preferred the preferred rate, interest rate? Uh, so from F&B's side, it's a preferential interest rate. In other words, what they're saying is uh, it will more than likely be around prime, in my opinion. But if you've got a personal loan that you're paying an interest rate of 22 up to, I think they go up to 30 something percent, uh, and you are behind on installments on account of COVID and having affected the um, payment relief that they offered, those arrear installments will be levied at that interest rate. So it does lighten the burden a little bit as opposed to just recapitalizing and you're paying more interest on interest on interest. Because typically if you skip one month's payment, you probably add about three to four months on your bond term yeah. in terms of total repayments that need to be placed. So it's quite a big interest yeah. Uh, impact that you can have on it. So that's that's what they were talking about. Once again, we'll get greater clarity as they start physically issuing these type of solutions. Absolutely, Christian. Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, as, as property investors, um, and you like, and you research the global markets, people often say take advantage of a good crisis. And you know, when we look at what we're in now, it's a bit different. It's the first time the world's experienced this. So, Robin, you know. We will eventually, it's my opinion, we will eventually come out of this COVID-19. We will eventually come out of lockdown. Now, I can stand here and say that I also believe that there's going to be good deals out there. There's going to be lots of opportunities where we can help sellers and we can buy more properties. But there's a big concern to say that with, with, the, with the economy where it is, with Moody's downgrade, surely a lot of people are going to be losing jobs. There won't be, there will be hundreds and thousands of tenants but will they be good tenants? Will they have the money to actually pay for the rent? So one of the questions that came in from Mark, Robin, is, you know, and I've already seen a few comments on, on Facebook and what I'm talking about might have to, yes, the, we, we might get property price a little less of a price, but what are we going to do with the tenants? Do we drop the rent? Do we, um, are rents going to drop as well? What's your opinion on that? So I'm playing the long game in this, Andrew, which is around I'm wanting to make sure that I have tenants who want to stay with me and who will do whatever they can, even borrow money to ensure they're staying in, in my, my listings and my units. So I'm yeah. focusing right now on the quality of the relationship between me and them. I'm wanting them to know that I, too, have their best interest at heart, even though, of course, my business is dependent directly on their ability to pay or not. So I'm going to most certainly, rule number one is be proactive around reaching out to them. And because obviously sometimes it's on scale because you know, I've got a lot of tenants, it's going to come from a space of how can I make this work? I'm willing to negotiate a, you know, a, a way for us to make this work and then take it from there. So I'm, I'm, I'm planning that it might be now that I'm starting the conversation 
And I want to show them that I'm coming to the table because I'm planning that six months down the line, seven months down the line, when we get back on track, it still may take time for us to get back on track, but they're going to have a vested interest and a desire to actually want to make up that deferred payment, which we may negotiate or not. So this for me is all around how you're managing and of course being proactive. And I think that's absolutely because Because I think the reality is, I think the reality is here is if you're a landlord and you've got a tenant that can't afford to pay the full market value anymore and you don't drop the rent. So you end up evicting the tenant. What, what happens if you've got to give that property a lick of paint? You've got to do a bit of TLC on it. Now you've got one or two months void. Uh, you spent five, 10, 20 grand on it. And then you go out looking for a tenant. The chances are, if the economy doesn't recover very quickly, you probably won't get that market value rent anyway. And then you'll be desperate as a landlord. So then you end up tenanting the property with anyone. So I'm the exact same as you, Robin. I would rather, as a, this is my personal opinion, I can't say I'm right or wrong, discuss a payment option with my tenant where if they need the help, I could reduce the rent to keep them in the property so I don't have any voids or vacancies and then have a conversation how that could be recouped in the future. But I believe, Robin, that one thing I really appreciate from the banks is that they are very flexible now. They will be flexible. They want to help us. Banks don't want to see people defaulting. Banks don't want people to get repossessed. It's the worst thing they want to happen, ladies and gents. They will want to work with you. So I'm going to say it again. Make sure you call your banks and make sure you agree a plan with them. And when it comes to tenants, if you haven't seen the webinar, ladies and gents, last week twice with Michelle Dickens from TPN and Silverstein from SSLR, we had two fantastic webinars covering almost everything to do with the courts, evictions, tenants, the free uh, rental pack from Michelle Dickens. All you need to do is go to www.jointsappen.com forward slash COVID-19. We will post that link on Facebook for you. Now remember, please share this with as many people as possible because the more we, we communicate with each other and educate each other, the easier it will be to get through these tough times. Um, Christian, I want to come over to you. Um, I see that we've covered most of the questions on here, which is great. Just to let the group know that Christian um, is on the SA Property Investors Network group. So if you have any more questions later on, that if you think of any more questions, just jump onto that Facebook group and post your questions and we will answer. Um, from your side though, Christian, is there any, what do you want to leave our listeners? What is one piece of advice or your opinion uh, that you'd like to leave our, our audience today? So a, a very big element to this is as you open up the dialogue, ask questions, ask for understanding so that you know exactly what you're letting yourself in for and little things that could happen. And, and it's, it may be a reality. Once again, we don't have clarity on it as yet with this being such a new occurrence. Uh, when you look at your access facilities, if you've got cash in your bank, ask the bank, if I were to take a payment holiday now, will that money be capitalized or will I still have access to it? I would in any case suggest as a precaution, draw the full amount out of your access facility, then have the discussion. If they confirm that you still have access to that, those funds, then you can park it back in there for the interest benefit. And then also ask them, are you extending my term or are you increasing my installment? What exactly is going to happen as I take this payment holiday or this relief with you. And also, if there's an option to only pay the interest, for example, uh, if you can make a reduced installment, it, it will still help you a little bit in the long run rather than completely doing away with installments altogether, all dependent on own personal circumstances. 
but just have the dialogue and make sure that you completely understand every element of what's about to happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for your time there, Christian. So that's Christian Yancer from At360, and he helps us as South Africans get bonds. In fact, what we will do, Christian, is we'll put all your details on the COVID-19 page so people can contact you wish, if they wish to, to speak to you directly. Um, okay. Also remember, ladies and gents, every week, Tuesday, Thursday, and sometimes a Friday, if relevant, we will be coming to you live on Facebook at one o'clock sharp. So please let your friends and colleagues know because this information is crucial and it is for you. Um, coming over to Robin Booth. So Robin, um, what would you like to leave our audience today? So I think, again, most important is that every person listening to this conversation at the moment has the ability to take action or to be proactive in spite of what's going on. And I think this part is the one that's really important, how we save, how we plan for future investing, uh, how we mitigate our risks. Those are all really important to be aware and take action around what's going on. Absolutely. And just so you know, ladies and gents, we will be having a live update with Robin Booth this week with regards to how is COVID-19 affecting the Airbnb market? So again, if you have anyone um, in short-term letting or the, Airbnb, or the Airbnb space, please share that and let them know. Ladies and gents, this Thursday at 6 p.m., please write this down. At 6 p.m. this Thursday evening, we will be having 11 on-ramps to property investing. I'm inviting guests like Rian Nordia, who's been investing in, in property for 20 years, Leroy Slaber, who's been investing in the East Rand of Johannesburg, Zach Maeza from Durban. He was the Invest of the Year winner, the beginner category. I will be bringing my guests, a lot of my guests, um, onto a free webinar on Thursday night, all about the 11 on-ramps to property investing. It is a free webinar for you. So please tell your friends, colleagues, and business associates, um, and that'll be another education learning for you. So, so ladies and gents, that's it for today. Thank you so much to Robin Booth for your time. Thank you, Christian Janssen. Um, ladies and gents, please stay safe. Happy investing. God bless, and I'll see you on Thursday at 1 o'clock. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for joining us on Prop Chat, brought to you by SA Property Investors Network. Make sure you visit their website, www.sapropertynetwork.com, where you will find ebooks, webinars, newsletters, training videos, property assessment tools, event tickets, and much more. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so you'll never miss a show. SA Property Investors Network, a place where property investors meet. Connect today, expand tomorrow.